Welcome to episode 194 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Kevin Smith. He is the co-founder and CTO at Abstract, which is a design tool, which is awesome. Uh, and before that, he worked at a bunch of startups. We dig into his background, what they're up to at Abstract, the state of design tools, and so much more. Before we get into that, be sure to come check us out. We're on Spectrum, which is the thing that Bryn and myself and Max Stoiber are building. Uh, it's a place where we can talk. It's a place for communities to chat about things that are happening. We have our own community. It's at spectrum.chat. Uh, another chat app. Oh my God, another why? App. But we built it. It's super fun. Um, and we're posting these episodes and you can come chat about it live with other folks. Um, it's at spectrum.chat. Hope you check it out. Otherwise, let us know what you think of the episode. We're on Twitter, at designdetailsfm. Hit us up with your thoughts, feedback, feelings, um, emotions, um, problems. We'll, we'll help solve them. That's it. At designdetailsfm on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's it. And with that, let's get into episode 194 with Kevin Smith. Uh, I'm Kevin Smith, uh, co-founder and CTO at Abstract. Nice. Concise. So you, not what, the filmmaker. No, not the filmmaker. Because <laughs> cool. I Googled Kevin Smith. I don't get that as often as you would think. Huh. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> God, I was hoping I was the only one who would make that terrible joke. Uh, what yeah. are you doing you're not co-founding and CTOing? Hang out with my family. Nice. So I have a just four-year-old son. He turned four uh, two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And... uh so yeah, when I'm not working, I'm hanging out with my family, just spending time with them, which, you know, when you're doing startup stuff, that time is small yeah. and precious. How do you manage that? <laughs> that seems like a lot more. Let's, like, let's talk about time management. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of life we have outside of work is already small, but like there's a lot more responsibility there. Yeah. How do you manage that? That's, I haven't even thought about that. How do you find balance? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like I don't like... I guess managing and balancing don't even really come in into my thinking. Um, it's more about just, you know, so the the weeks are are pretty packed, like early mornings, late evenings a lot of times. Uh, so that kind of leaves weekends and making the time, I don't know, that I do have, just sort of being very intentional about I'm not going to be checking my phone. I'm going to put my phone away. You know, I have an Apple Watch, but... I have like notifications way toned back. Yeah. Um, so that like if I'm playing with my son, like I'm not getting buzzed on my phone when like support is coming through, which for 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 a while that was going straight <laughs> to my watch. Like I was getting intercom <laughs> notifications on my watch for support. You're insane. Oh my that, God, that's a bad bug. <laughs> that was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so stressful. Yeah, Could have called it, that one. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should. So, so we pro should, tip there. <laughs> Pro tip, don't get support to your watch. Yeah. Uh, let's back up a little bit. What's abstract for people who don't know? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so you. sort of succinctly, I guess, um, with abstract, we're trying to build the first true version control platform for design. What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, I'm so, somebody who's never heard of version control. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So if you're familiar with Layer Vault, uh, which is very much in, I think, the, the lineage of abstract. Um, you know, they were a tool that, that tried to offer to designers a way to have revisions for your design files. So they were focused on Photoshop because that was the hot thing when they came out. And they would allow you to save 
versions of your file so that you could go back through time and kind of scrub through, right? But it was a it was a linear progression of the versions. Um, and I was a big user of Layer Vault. Were like, you? I talked to Kelly all the time in support, just constantly. Like that's how I ended up meeting him when he came out here. I was like, hey. I know you from support. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, so so if you're familiar with Layer Vault, uh, that gives you kind of a grounding of where Abstract is. But you know, if you think of Layer Vault, if you're if you're at all familiar with engineering stuff, uh, Layer Vault as like a subversion or CVS, right? So in that era, version control for engineers branching was terrible, like you had like a single line of versions that existed. Um, but the ability to branch off and, and do independent work and then merging was, was not really a thing uh, for developers until Git came around and Git and Mercurial kind of wanted the same, right? Um, and so abstract really is like the, the next evolution in my mind of something like Layer Vault, um, heavily inspired by Git, uh, we use some technologies related to Git under the hood, um, but with this notion of being able to to have again snapshots of your work, uh, but have multiple sort of concurrent streams of those yeah. snapshots. So in our language, they're commits that are the snapshots. The concurrent streams are branches and allow you to have two people or however many people you want working at the same time on these different areas be able to bring their work back together. Did you have to rename those concepts to because the audience wanted that? Like the the word mm-hmm. branch is intimidating, or is it because it didn't make sense for? Design? So we we have not changed any terminology okay. in abstract. It seems like you've just reduced oh, so it is, it the, is branches the and merges set. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah we okay. still have, we have commits, gotcha. branches and merges. Gotcha. Um, yeah, we reduced the concept set. Mm-hmm. So we basically there were a lot. There was a lot of discussion early on around that language like would it be better to kind of rename it uh for people that aren't familiar with git or version control at all mm-hmm. uh and we made the distinct decision to stick with the terms until they didn't work and much to our surprise they did work cool um it seems really important if you're trying to get designers and developers to work together that yeah. they use the same terminology and that was one of the reasons behind it too was mm-hmm. hey if a designer picks up abstract starts using it, doesn't understand how it works, they could ask a developer, hey, I don't understand what a commit is, or I don't understand what a branch is, and a developer could help them kind of walk through it conceptually. I think this gets at perhaps some more underlying fundamental reasons why you think abstract should exist, like designers and developers working together. Can you talk a little bit about what that piece of the product development puzzle means for you? Like why... Yeah. Why should they be able to speak <laughs> the same language? Right? Um, can we just have a fence that we throw things over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure, we can. <laughs> that, that, we, we have had that. That works really great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, well, there's a lot to that, I think. But um, one of the motivating sort of thoughts uh, when we started working on Abstract was, was trying to bring the way developers work and the way designers work more into like parallel modes of operation. Um, Why? Why is that important? 
Why does that matter? Yeah. So he's getting there, man. I know. But <laughs> if I don't interrupt, I, I it's good. I, it's good. Is it a I'm podcast gonna, if I don't interrupt? <laughs> I'm going to ask why on all these points because. Yeah. I th- well, I think um, the the why is still outstanding. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm you know if I'm being honest. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you got it. Um, but I think it's it's a belief that if you bring the work more in parallel, right? So engineers are committing and they have similar, they have these constructs like commits and they can point to their commits and they have diffs and they have branches uh, and ways of organizing their work. They have pull requests. Most engineers use GitHub. Um, if designers also have a similar way of working, uh, then you can start structuring the way the work happens in similar ways and you can start communicating in similar ways. If people of, understand each other's processes. Yeah, in sort of parallel ways. Um, and it, it it can reduce friction of communication. Um, for instance, uh, one of the things we've seen with Abstract are designers starting to use branches similarly to how engineers will use branches, right? So a designer will, will make a branch to do some work and the branch is named the thing that they're, you know, the feature they're working Features, on, yeah. right? And then the engineer who's going to implement said feature can like watch the progress of that feature. And they're like, oh yeah, I understand branches. I understand what you've done there. Yeah. Um, and similarly, the engineer starts implementing it on a branch. The designer goes, oh, cool. Yeah, I get that. I use branches too, right? Um, so that's one reason that okay. I think bringing them more in parallel has, has benefits. Uh, this week, uh, as with basically every other week on design Twitter, uh, <laughs> we get this like ebb and flow of should designers code, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But here Are you we're going to ask me that question. No, no, no. Here we're talking about <laughs> speaking the same language and, and having similar work streams. I'm curious what pushback you've received from either designers or developers that say, Hey, maybe these are distinct processes and shouldn't be parallel. Yeah, and for reason X, Y, and Z. Like, have you heard compelling reasons that say maybe they shouldn't be the same? Um, yeah, uh, the one that that comes to mind for me, and I don't, I don't know if this is an argument for they shouldn't be parallel, but it's um, it's a thing that exists in design that is different, kind of different from from development. Um, we've had some teams that are in really exploratory phases of design. Mm. This is the this is always the argument, right? Right, and and the claim is, I cannot yet structure my work because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, right. And there is some validity to that. I agree. Um, however, we so some teams have not adopted or sort of resisted using it because of that reason. Uh, but in the in the very same like area of of type of design work, we've had teams embrace the product during that, right? Mm-hmm. And say, well, there's still value in like, even if it's messy, like my mess is recorded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, so you might have a branch that's explorations. We internally have had those. Do you never save a file that's explorations? Like that seems so silly to me as an argument. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I, have, know, I but, had so many junk sketch files. <laughs> yeah. That's but, but thinking like design is too... Maybe it can't be structured, right, in the same way. And I think sometimes maybe it can't be, but in the same way that, like, development always can't, doesn't always fit, right, in, in a very structured working way. You might, you might just go open up a 
text file and mess around with something and you never put that in version control, that's fine, uh-huh. right? So maybe you design outside of abstract sometimes. That's okay. It's not a problem. <laughs> I have so many questions here, but I don't know Should quite. designers code? No, not. Yes, <laughs> yes, for fuck's sake. Like why? why is this... Why is this happening now? Like, why is this an important problem to be solving now versus, you know, I think of engineering tooling has been around for a long time and it's quite a bit more evolved. And design tools have always been about exploration and free form, like have an infinite canvas, have freedom to explore. And it seems like you and and some other product companies are trying to figure out how to rein that in and add structure to it. Like why, why, why now is this important? Uh, what's been broken? What do you, why is abstract the right thing at the right time? Hmm. So I think the, the why now question, I can, I can think of a couple of ways to sort of approach answering that. Um, one is, I don't think exactly what you're getting at, but I think is important, which is, the technologies exist today to tackle this problem today. Hmm. Um, when when we were first kind of poking at this, and really it was just me um, hacking Sketch and and realizing that Sketch and sort of the way that that they decided to build their product enabled me to do interesting things, right? Potentially hacky things. Um, but that feels like most of Sketch's product, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think they've they've sort of intentionally left their product more open than, and it's worked really well. That, yeah, it has, right? Like than other companies might have felt comfortable with, and sometimes it bites you as a user of Sketch. Like there's instabilities because of that plugins break stuff, um, but that was very enabling, right? It's been very it's been a very enabling product for for engineers. So it's like kind of drawn engineers into design more than Photoshop did, for instance. Um, so the mere existence of Sketch, I think, helps inform the why now, honestly. Um, but then also, and I don't know how deeply technical I should get on this please. <laughs> podcast. More, more please. Um, but, you know, Git came out when it, mid mid aughts, I guess. Um, but for the longest time, it's been just this command line tool that's like shell scripts and it's kind of this, it's very interesting project. Yeah. Um, it's complex. <laughs> it, yeah. But as far as like integrating it into applications and using it, um, there haven't been very many good options. Uh, so you had to sort of shell out. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to to run Git commands, right? It's very unreliable versus being able to link into your application and have like it running sort of with your application, right? And a handful of years ago, I don't know exactly when, but GitHub may have started this, but the libgit2 project was a re-implementation of Git and how it works in C so that you could link it into applications. And so... GitHub contributes to it, Microsoft contribute to it, contributes to it, Atlassian contributes to it, because all these companies wanted to be able to link Git functionality into their applications, both server-side and client-side. So 
fast forward or rewind, I guess. Fast forward from when they created it, <laughs> rewind <laughs> from, to, to near the beginning of when we were starting this and the presence of LibGit2 and the ability to both, you know, do these crazy things with, with Sketch and programmatically access Git repositories were two very like enabling things for us to be able to to tackle it as a small team, which mm-hmm. I think is important, right? It didn't take a big team to build what we have uh, because some really advantageous things already ex- like existed for us to be able to utilize, right? Shoulders of giants kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And then the third thing that I would think of in that category is is something like Electron. So again, a GitHub project um, that came out of them working on Atom. And, you know, the original version of Abstract, at that time it was called Tandem or Propeller, one of those kind of code names. It was a native Mac application, but then we decided to to build it as an Electron app uh, very early on. And that opens up worlds, right? Like being able to build a desktop application in web technologies opens up an entire category of people that you can hire that if it were if it were just us trying to build a native Mac application, like trying to hire for that would be... I can think <laughs> of like three or four people that I would like yeah. to reach out to, whereas JavaScript is like Everybody. worlds apart. Totally. And it's, you know, I have some friends that I've talked to about this that... Ha- have done Mac development professionally and they're like, yeah, there, there are no like Mac development jobs. Is like, Electron the future? You think? They're all moving to iOS on the desktop. Maybe. Um, That's insane. It's, you know, so I've done, I've done native, native Mac apps before and it's, it's painful. Like the only thing I ever hear <laughs> from people who have done native Mac development is like, Paid. Electron is bullshit. Throw it away. Do a native Mac app. <laughs> well, I think we might know who I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I get that perspective. I mean, you know, I I spent many years writing native applications for iOS primarily, but also the Mac. I have deep appreciation for native development. It was it was somewhat of a hard choice for me to pick Electron over writing a native Mac app, but. When you look at the trade-offs, especially around hiring, the ability to iterate really, really quickly. Yeah. Like the presence of React, yeah. honestly, like, you know, it's um, we've redesigned in a year, we've redesigned Abstract probably three or four times. Yeah. And like re-implemented it. Right. So that would have been completely impossible in a native backup. Mm. Full stop. So there's a lot of answers to your why now question. Um, that really have to do with technologies because they enable the building of what we've built uh, well, with smaller team. There's some more interesting things here. Uh, today is particularly interesting because uh, mm-hmm. today, I guess this would be like a week ago if you're listening now, uh, Sketch 43 started hitting people's computers. Uh, can you talk so a little no bit one about, can use symbols anymore. Can you talk a little bit about <laughs> the significance of Sketch 43 and and how you're thinking about it as a person who builds on top of the sketch file format. So I'm very happy <laughs> Why? to to see uh, Sketch make this change. It was a very big change. What's the change uh, for them? Can you explain it? Yeah. Like um, so for those that don't know, since you've given me license to be technical, I will be technical. Please. Um, Sketch's previous file format wasn't so much a file format as it was... <laughs> Uh, 
a SQLite database with like binary plists stuffed in like a table in that SQLite <laughs> database, right? It's just the, it's the standard document storage on the Mac was what they were using. No fault to them. Hmm. But it wasn't really like something you could do anything with, um, really. Uh, and they switched. They, they now, their file format is simply a zip of JSON files. Crazy. Um, which, is, which is huge on many, many fronts. Um, one is developers are just going to do really interesting stuff with that, right? Like you're, way more accessible. Yeah, it's way more accessible. Like you can get in and you can poke at it and you can, you can understand what makes a sketch file a sketch file. Even if you don't intend to do anything with it, right? Like, it's almost like, I don't know. I remember when I was learning how to do web stuff a long time ago. View source, view right? View source, yeah. Right? Like, essentially now you have a view source on a sketch file. Mm-hmm. You can go draw a rectangle, save it, unzip it, <laughs> look at it. <laughs> um, or, you know, use one of the, the tools that are, like, rapidly coming out npm install something uh, that'll that'll let you immediately inspect that sketch file and see how's that rectangle made? Yeah, how are yeah. they doing that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and not exactly how they're doing it, but what data represents that rectangle yeah. in a sketch file or you know, in a sketch process? And that's really cool. Like for me, as someone who just loves tinkering with technology and like poking at it and seeing what can can happen, uh, that's very exciting. What does this mean for abstract as? far as what you've built and i i think of uh like you're not a plugin maker as far as i know well you have a plug we have like, a plugin you have a plugin but i feel for plugin developers with every sketch iteration it seems to they have to go back and backfill and, and fix stuff so what does this upgrade mean for you as someone who builds abstract that relies on the output of sketch yeah so Mm, it'll mean a few things. Um, right now, it doesn't mean a lot for us. Uh, we don't really use the new file format. We don't have need to. Yeah. Um, because we, the way we're doing our stuff, sort of way predated the making this change. Yeah. Is that secret uh, sauce or can you talk about it? Uh, it's kind of secret sauce. <laughs> but it's it's not that. I mean, for anyone that is listening that uses abstract, like, you can go inspect, you can go look in the repositories and see what we're storing. Like it's not super secret. Um, if you go look, you will see something that looks very similar to Sketch's file format. Um, it's a good idea. Storing this data in like accessible yeah. structures is is a really good idea. Um, so it doesn't mean much for us right now. There, there are some improvements that I think we'll, we will be able to take advantage of. Uh, in our just how we process sketch data. Um, but one of the things that does mean is it's going to be a lot easier to do things with sketch file data structures, uh, not just on the Mac, right? So server-side processing of this data will become a thing, uh, which will help us. Give me an example. Um, so... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example that's not your roadmap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you heard of a thing called Figma? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
what's interesting about this, right, is like, I mean, I don't know what kind of APIs Figma has or doesn't have, um, but people can start taking the the sketch file since it's just a zip of JSON that you can process in any OS, right, Linux, if you're on the server, and you can read it and you can do interesting stuff. Like you could, you could take a sketch file on the server, anyone could, and write something into like a Figma document, for instance, or process it on the server and like, like I was saying earlier, like drawing a rectangle, right? Like take that and then like, I don't know, interpret that and throw it into a Google Slides or yeah. whatever, right? Um, because yeah. you can program against it now. React anywhere. components. React components, which obviously people are pretty stoked about right now. Yeah, I'm pretty, like Max Schoening was doing yeah. some experiments with it. Um, John Gold, obviously, like it's pretty exciting to see what people are building with it. Yeah, I think like, you know, for, for us, um, like if you look at at abstract and like so we're doing this, we you know already doing this interpretation of sketch data into something that we could interpret and render like abstract like all the stuff that we're rendering from the data that that gets put in runs just as well on our server. We have a web app, you know, like it renders all the sketch data. Um, so as soon as you get the data into something that you can read. Uh, and JSON's really great for that. Yeah. <laughs> you can start doing all sorts of magical, interesting things. And, you know, we will, we have a lot of plans around what does abstract mean for developers? Um, right now it's just for designers primarily, but sure. like, you know, wanting, watching what Sketch has done. Um, and really inviting developers into the design process through sort of their openness. We also want to participate in that, right? Like with APIs and that sort of thing, right? Sure. So um, when I hear about uh, something like this becoming more accessible, I think in the back of my head, surely there will be an explosion of new design tools, new plugins, new products that maybe want to accomplish the same things that Abstract has accomplished, and obviously. Execution is, is a whole whole different beast. But what do you see as this change doing to the design tools landscape in the short term, long term? Are we moving towards a converged like design format standard uh, that designers can start thinking about? That would be really nice. Yeah. Uh, I think I do think it would be. I think having some some sort of I kind of hesitate to use the word standard, but uh, some some standard. Why do you hesitate? Uh, <laughs> as soon as you have one standard, you have another standard. <laughs> like it's just like you know the yeah, whole, yeah. whole standards. The new standard and standards design propagate standards, I guess. Yeah. But like having some sort of agreed upon like base structure for how we we represent design mm -hmm. uh, will sketch points in that direction. They're not the only ones pointing that direction. It's not, well, maybe some people use it, but not many people talk about XD uh, that Adobe's working on, right? Like, but it's it's a zip of JSON files. Mm -hmm. um, Figma was originally too. Was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and sort of pointing in that direction of at least opening up these file formats mm -hmm. to be readable by anyone. That'd be right? super cool. Um, and I think, you know, you'll, you'll need a layer... For design tools to do their own thing, right? Like if everyone's just reading and writing the same data structure, 
and there's no room for like extending that and, mm-hmm. and doing special stuff, then, then you can't do that. But if we can get some sort of like base level that would allow like interoperability between tooling. See, that's what I want to get I at. I think that, like, that's I, one of the best things that could happen. I don't want to sound out of my element. I kind of am. But if I think of the technical world as like you can use JavaScript in a million different contexts, right? Mm-hmm. On the server, on the client with this framework, this framework, this framework. But in design, it's like you either have a PSD, a dot sketch, or I guess like a dot XD file. Like there is no interoperability. Maybe that will start to open up. But I'm really excited to see what that means if that does begin to to become more more open where maybe the design process isn't constrained to one of the big three tools. Maybe the design process moves to smaller things in the browser, like small JavaScript apps that help you draw better components or like yeah. it's all outputting the exact same thing. So then you can move that into Sketch and, and in and out, in and out. And it's always the same. Uh, that's the world that seems exciting. Yeah, I think it's 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 an ideal. Yeah. I, I don't know how how close we can get, um, but I think everyone can can sort of. It doesn't take much imagination to like see how awesome that would be, right? If that if that existed, I wouldn't all be. I wouldn't be surprised right now if someone or some ones like many people are looking at the sketch file format and working to build like a a super simple drawing tool yeah right that that maybe only does like one part it's just a pencil tool right (laughs) just the pencil tool please yeah like (laughs) fat is definitely working on this you know like (laughs) um and who knows what the like value of that is like in the the big scheme of things but like i think just merely opening that up you don't know what's going to happen and if i know anything about developers it's they like to they're gonna they're gonna Build new stu- shit, yeah, They're going to build stuff, right? So they're like, oh, you gave me something new to build with. I'm going to build something with it. And who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm excited about is the unknown. Yeah. When okay. people start tinkering with Before we dig stuff. into the unknown, <laughs> can we go back and talk about like how you got to today? Like what? what who are you? What drew you in? Mm. Yeah. Where are you from? Where'd you start? <laughs> what was your spawn point? Uh, how, how, <laughs> how far back do we want to go? The beginning, day zero. Where were you born? Day zero, West Columbia, South Carolina. And how did you get from? <laughs> cool. Just don't That's just stop awesome. there. Now let's move forward a couple, uh, maybe a few thousand days. Uh, what was it like growing up there? What were you into? Uh, what was I into? Um, being outside. I don't know. Like it. I grew up uh, surrounded by a lot of like woods and land. Like I think around like a little over an acre of land. I grew up on a dirt road, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Rural, uh, c- kind of. It it was kind of weird. I guess um, I associate I mean, there the was, two. Yeah, yeah. There, there. It was like one, well, two dirt roads kind of like came together, right? And I lived on that corner. Every other road around me was paved. It was just these roads, strangely. Um, but there was just there was a lot of woods, and I, as a kid, just spent a lot of time outside. Yeah. And then and something riding happened. bikes and whatever. <laughs> then and... you discovered computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then computers, huh? Um, yeah, I don't know where do we. I don't know when where, did you get interested in? Where do you want to go from there? Technology, uh, design, and yeah. So computers? I remember like late '90s or mid '90s. I don't know. 
getting our first computer, getting the internet, uh, AOL, CompuServe, Prodigy, mm -hmm. those fun, fun times. And being enamored with the internet, right? Like chat rooms, like Yahoo chat rooms, wild. Like <laughs> wild times. You know, like 14 years old talking to honestly probably like a 50-year-old man. It <laughs> <laughs> is chill. But like, you know, talking to all kinds of people around the world. And then in high school, really, like GeoCities coming out and just going, whoa, what is this? And like starting to make websites. View source. And probably yeah. like Notepad on Windows or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. silly like that using like frame set and like i remember i made a uh so many marquees <laughs> oh man blink tags everything i made a lyric site or yeah like a lyric site for i was really into uh southern hip-hop okay um and yeah i made like a no limit records like website on geocities i've tried so hard to like find it yeah i'm like the wayback machine it probably wasn't linked to by anything uh but that was like really like the first taste of of computers and the web. Took some programming classes in high school and they were C++ and they were terrible. Hmm. Uh, the teacher was really bad. I, I remember just spending time trying to get, because everything was like a terminal program. So it was like input output. Like so there was no graphical programming, which is really lame. And I spent a lot of time trying to make my terminal do something interesting. Like I wanted like a character to like move on the term, right? I'm playing video games, right? So, um, it's like the TI-86, how you can make Mortal Kombat happen. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> yes, this. <laughs> but in the uh, terminal. Like, you just want something cool to come out of this stupid yeah. text display. Yeah, you're like, I'm writing this code, and I, like, want to see something other than enter 3 plus 2, and then I calculate it's 5. Like, I want it to visually do something, yeah. right? So you have a history of trying to break the, the status quo, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to paint you as a genius here, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Keep trying. <laughs> did, you, did you go to to university? Uh, I did. Yeah, I was um, was planning on just being like an engineer, like electrical or something like that, like sort of traditional just engineering. Yeah. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do, and ended up going to a really small uh, liberal arts school in South Carolina uh, to study math. Hmm. Why math? Um, why math? Because um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Because <laughs> you remember that thing in the terminal where he didn't want to do math? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my calculus teacher in high school, uh, she was like, I think you really like like math. I was like, yeah, it's all right. I like it. Yeah. It's pretty she, chill. She's like, you should apply to go to this school, which mm. was where she went. Um, so she probably got a kickback. And yeah, yeah. Probably she's like got a bonus. The big yeah. referral bonus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went, went, to, went, went there to... To study math and then picked up computer science while I was there. Okay. Um, yeah. You graduate? I did. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I actually did graduate. You know, you just have to ask these yeah. things. Um, I did graduate. Okay. What'd you do after? Uh, I was a Java developer. Oh, wow. Uh, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated. <laughs> and I almost took a job as a project manager. Installing uh, like point of sale systems for restaurants. Okay. That would have been weird. Yeah. Uh, but you ended up doing Java development. What happened? I did. Uh, spent about, that's the, wow. That's the longest job I've, I've held was that job. Really? Yeah. First job out of wow. school was three and a half years. 
Hmm, haven't thought about that in a while. <laughs> uh, primarily because I didn't know, right? Like I get in there and I'm like, I'm going to do a really great job as a Java developer. I'm so excited to use Eclipse. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Eclipse. That, that's what we used. Um, but what was interesting, I think, at that job was, uh, so this was like, I graduated in 2005. Uh, so I was at that job till like 2008-ish. Um, and that was sort of the rise of JavaScript on the web. Yeah. It started happening then, like Ajaxian. JSP files. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> just throwing Java, Java <laughs> knowledge. I got to ask, how do you know anything about Java? He just looked I, at the Wikipedia no, page for I, Java before that. My first web development job was at a place that served everything as Java. <laughs> so I had to learn Eclipse and oh, it was the worst. I was trying to do like responsive web development and like feed it into JSP. And oh my God, it was the worst. I'm so sorry. That was like my like that was when I was learning HTML and CSS, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty rough introduction. But my first design job just required me to code, so like that's how I dug in. Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah, I mean, we had JSPs and it was Eclipse, and we were using jar files everywhere. Oh, jar files all over the place. Um, but it was kind of cool. Like that that was the first job uh, or the first time in like my programming career that I started, I guess, taking notice of design uh, and finding that I had a real like interest in it. What about design? Um, so at that job, uh, we were redo, we, there was no designer on staff, which is pretty typical. Classic. Classic, Classic. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> throw enough engineers are thing, you don't need designers. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like, I think we had about 20 developers and no designers. We had this one guy that would chip in on design every so often. And then we just like, kind of pieced it together from there. Um, but we were rebuilding the backend like admin for this site. And no one on the team, so all the JavaScript stuff's happening, right? Like Ajaxian, like Ajax is like a thing. People were getting really excited about it. So I started digging in. I'd never done anything with it. And somehow I found myself in the position of like implementing this entire new like backend admin because we were it was cool. We were adding like these JavaScript widgets and tables and whatever. It's kind of lame, like looking back <laughs> on it. Hey, that's the hot but, thing. Yeah, but no one else on the on the team wanted to do it. And I was like, "This is interesting. I could do this." Um, and so ended up like thinking through how should this UI like look for people to enter their data and get around, and what should the interactions look like, and what does JavaScript let you do, and um, yeah, that was kind of that was an interesting moment, like for me, right? Like in my relationship with design. Did you start to study design or practice it, or uh, like learn the fundamentals of it? Yeah, I started reading books yeah, and yeah. Um, being way more interested in it. And I mean, I find yeah, that that's a pretty uh, yeah. meaningful step is just to be interested. <laughs> yeah, um, and <clears throat> and. After that, like, so my next job was a much smaller company uh, and had the opportunity to work really closely with the designer there and sort of started just trying to always position myself next to a designer. What was that job? Um, was actually with one of my coworkers now, Alan Johnson. So it was a company called Noso in Greenville. And their primary product was a .NET code coverage tool. Mm, so we went from JSP to ASP. Nice. 
you know your stuff. <laughs> Same company. <laughs> just, <laughs> just dropping knowledge. I, uh, that one thing, that's all I got. <laughs> what does the SP stand for? I don't know for the mm. life of me. Server page. Okay. Duh. Everyone knows I that, Brian. I, I just dropped that like Did I you know that, Brian? No, I've, I've never <laughs> touched an ASP file in my life. I think yeah, like, uh, JSP is like Java server page or servlet page or all something. All of our yeah. internal stuff. So this is like a super old printing company from like the 70s. Mm. Just everything. Like all their engineers were .NET engineers, except for in this one company that I worked in where everyone was Java engineers. <laughs> uh, they were probably Hundreds like, and hundreds of engineers. But uh, just, oh my God, it was. I, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, so the primary product for that company was a .NET code coverage tool. However, I didn't really work on that. I worked on the website a little bit, um, but we had this sort of like side product that Alan and the designer at that company, uh, his name was Ethan, had started called Log for Life that was an online site for type 1 diabetics Mm -hmm. to help them like track their numbers um, because Ethan is a type 1 diabetic and there were like no good solutions Mm -hmm. for like web apps. And so we worked on that and we we were able to convince the CEO of the the small company to give us like Side time, right? Like, We're going to have a very diverse product line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, well, I mean, sort of the founding or the reason this guy started the company, he wanted to have a portfolio of products. It just so happened that the product he started the company with, which is called InCover, that is yeah. the code coverage tool, was the thing that like sustained the entire company. Mm-hmm. Like it was the the revenue for the company. Um, but he had ambitions to to do more products. Um, but I had the opportunity to work really closely with the designer there, and we that's where I built my first i iPhone app, which was fun. Um, so this was like a, f- a deeper foray into product design, yeah, digital product design, yeah, and, and yeah, and thinking about products from you know early, right? Like how do you how do you go from nothing to like something? And and Lock for Life was. <laughs> quantitatively kind of a failure, right? So it was it was a free product that we decided, okay, we're going to try to make money on this. And we turn on payment. It was like nine bucks a month. I think it got 20 subscribers uh-huh. at some point. Like that was maybe peak. So you guys went out for a nice dinner? Yeah, but we were taking it like really seriously, right? Like trying to, sure. like, what numbers do we need to track? I didn't know anything. Like, wh- what numbers do you need to track? Like, who's using it? Like, is it growing? How do you optimize that? Like, thinking about pricing, all that stuff. I mean, that that product didn't succeed in the market, so to speak. But yeah, it was sort of a, a, the first experience doing that kind of. It's thing. almost like your first startup, kind of. Kind of, yeah, yeah. What do you What do you feel like you? took away the most from that was it something around pricing or growth or data or design or engineering um i mean i think back on a lot of the things that we did uh there around a b testing and trying starting to do analytics and trying to think about that side of product development um but probably the biggest thing i got from that job was when we decided the iphone had come out and the sdk had come out that we, oh, this would be perfect. Like, let's build an iPhone app. Because it was all about entering your numbers as a, as a type 1 diabetic, right? And so Alan and I built the iPhone app in two weeks. So one of my biggest takeaways from that job, that was the first time that I took a new technology I had next to no experience with and built something. 
So it was, oh, I can, I can do that, right? Like I can, like a confidence thing. Yeah, I think I think a confidence thing. Yeah, just yeah, self confidence to like go into a new technology and and make progress in it and be able to do something mm-hmm. productive. That I know that feeling well. Uh, it's the best. Yeah, that's a uh, the the confidence to go into an unknown is almost a skill in and of itself is like even knowing where to start yeah or like learning how to know where to start <laughs> it's like you solve basically yeah. google the thing plus beginner tips or something solve one unknown unknown and use that to solve a yeah. bunch of other ones it's like yeah, getting totally. that chain reaction started yeah i feel that way basically every day now yeah it's so. good it's a good feeling um, and Alan, it's actually, hard though. It's real hard. Tiring, yeah. It it can be, and I think that's. I don't know. I guess as I've gotten older, sometimes I think, do I want to keep doing this? You know, because it can be really tiring, mm-hmm. right? Like to everything is just the tip of another iceberg. Yeah, you're like this never ends. Yeah, and it's both exciting, but also, uh, you know. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from there, and I ended up leaving that job when I was told that I needed to do .NET development. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> so you have morals. <laughs> well, it was... No, I'm just kidding. Standards. I, <laughs> Standards, though. I tried... Well, the, so there's actually a, a side story to that. Um, when I was doing Java development, I had to use a Windows computer, which I abhorred. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to use a Mac. Couldn't get it to... Couldn't get past IT. Um, Dude, Eclipse, even in like 2009, was like impossible on Mac. It was yeah, the worst. It, it, yeah, it was bad. Um, but then went to this new job and I was doing Ruby on the back end. I was doing a lot of back end development at that time. Um, I was doing Ruby and I was able to use a Mac and I was really excited. And then .NET development, I was like, well, can't. I tried. I tried to like pr- like <laughs> use parallels or whatever to yeah. to run Windows and and do it. And it was so painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you need a window. You need to go back to Windows to do this. I'm like, I quit. Or I could just quit. I quit. <laughs> I, I could just quit, right? Like, <laughs> and so I did, <laughs> which was an experience because I didn't have anything lined up. Yeah, what'd you do? I freelanced for about a year and a half in yeah, South a year Carolina? and a half. Yeah, in Greenville as a um, .NET engineer. As a .NET engineer, <laughs> Oof, no, thankfully, um, no. My uh, one of my friends there, um, Matthew Smith. Uh, if you know, Will he is? Yeah, at Will. Um, he and my wife and a handful of other folks had kind of started this. It started out as just a group of people working together, and then realized, oh, this is actually kind of like co-working and then it turned into co-work which is a co-working studio in greenville um and so i was talking to matthew about leaving he's like you should like this is totally matthew he's like you should leave you can totally do it i was like i don't have anything lined up he's like doesn't matter you'll figure it out okay that sounds like matthew (laughs) yeah as and so i ended up doing a little bit of he he lined up like one contract for i don't even remember what it was but he's like look I, i need some help on this i'll just It'll get you started, and then you'll you'll take it from there, right? Uh, so I ended up helping him a little bit with uh, a version of Pattern Tap. Um, oh yeah, it was 
it was a PHP site and we were working to to change it over to Rails and do like the next version. So I was kind of working with him on that. That ended up not going anywhere, which was fine. Uh, there was another group that ended up taking over, but like that was sort of the the thing that I needed to go, okay, I can quit mm-hmm. and do this. Um, but then, so I was doing Rails development, just doing contract work, um, worked for a couple of consulting firms just as like a additional engineer, which was pretty terrible. If I'm being honest, that was not very fun. Um, but then I found a client locally that needed an iOS engineer. And I had done one iPhone app, <laughs> but I... That made $180 I, a month. <laughs> that two, was two weeks banking. of experience. <laughs> Um, well, I, so we I imagine it went further than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, we built the original version in two weeks and then I keep, I, I kept working on it, mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. Alan didn't, but I clearly had an interest in, I was sort of enamored with the iPhone. It was, yeah, it was pretty amazing at the time. Right. And being able to build stuff for it was, was really cool. Um, but was able to convince this client that I knew enough, <laughs> For them to go, yeah, you should come help us build our iPhone apps. And that's when I stopped doing web development and started doing iPhone development full time. Wow. So, what'd you build? Um, that client was pretty cool. They were a very, I think they're a public company, uh, but they build pu- like point of sale services sure. for tons of companies. Apparently, in that industry, like there are handful of companies that you essentially outsource that stuff to. I didn't know that. Um, but they had an initiative uh, where they were trying to pitch to their clients using iPod touches as checkouts in stores. Uh, so I helped them build versions of that product. It's like pre-Square? Um, or totally different So this segment. was, this I'm thinking was of the- 2010 when did when did the square swiping come out? I don't even remember at this point. I remember first using it in twenty eleven or twenty twelve is when I got my first swiper. Yeah. So this what they were doing was was targeted at companies like Hot Topic, Gap, Sephora. Hot Topic is a strong first. Like. <laughs> Our market segment is things like Hot Topic. <laughs> Keep uh, that in the back of your head as you build our app. <laughs> well, so. Um, Ended up getting that that gig through Matthew because he was doing design work for them. Yeah. Um, for Hot Topic. For, <laughs> <laughs> so, for the company that made things for Hot Topic. I'm actually like in my head, I'm like picturing the design of the app because it was Hot Topic. It was like pink and black and it was so Hot Topic. Um, so hot. Well, so hot. So Hot Topic it, right It's now. convenient that Matthew and Hot Topic overlap so much in aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've seen him, he's been like a dress shirt. So I'm like, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, I ended up working with them for almost a year, mm-hmm. um, building out and helping them build a team internally to build out the first version for Hot Topic. Then we built like a generic one, and it was all about integrating with these different sort of point of sale backends. Um, did some interesting like prototyping around iPads as remote checkout monitors with these sort of handheld iPod touches. So you could kind of walk up and <laughs> pairs of iOS devices. Yeah. And it was, it was super fun to do. Like developing for the iPad was really, really bad back then. Like 
when Apple launched the iPad, um, they didn't really give developers anything more. It really was kind of a scaled up mm-hmm. iPhone. Didn't you have like the master detail view stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge change, but. Yeah. They, I mean, they had, I, I don't remember at that time what they had. I It wasn't much. And I ended up building some stuff to kind of help have better transitions on such a such a large screen. But that was fun building that. And then I had a bunch of odd odd clients during my freelance time. So you I helped some nonprofit in New York. You did this for a year and a half? Yeah. What right. what brought you back to day jobs? Uh so have either of you freelanced? I have. I really didn't like it. How long did you last? Uh well, okay, so I did it at the same time as I had a, a day job. <laughs> That's not <It> freelancing, <laughs> Bryn. Like, That's side projects. Well, side I was clients. freelancing for other people. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically, I mean, I, I feel very fortunate. I've had a lot of really good clients. Mm-hmm. But I think I calculated and I had something like 11 or 12 different projects in that time frame. And it was really not satisfying. Okay. I did a I did a lot of starting, and, but as an outsider, mm-hmm. right? Not like in the game, not like having any sort of vested interest in what I was building. And so it just so happened that I had a handful of companies out here. So that's how I moved out here. Was at the end of that time, had a handful of companies out here contact me, um, and ended up coming coming out here to work at Hipstamatic, mm-hmm. which was a fun experience. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, it was short. I think I was there for about nine months. Okay. Um, it just kind of exploded. It they they hired a bunch of people because um, they were having success, and the company didn't really have a lot of direction. And I didn't come out here to like work in that kind of place. I wanted to work for startups, so I left. Yeah. What'd you Again, do? without a job. <laughs> oh, it's a no playing this time as well. <laughs> yeah. I, apparently, I'm pretty good at that. I'm trying to connect the dots. Like you, you started doing this like Java to ASP, then you get into iPhones. And now here we are a few years beyond that and you're working on Electron, JavaScript, yeah. React apps, right? Yeah. What happened in between? How are you going to connect those dots? Why on? did iPhones, why did iOS development die? Um, so you. So I left Ipsomatic and I'll try to go through this pretty quickly, I guess, to get to the more interesting current stuff. Um, and I went to a startup called Tactile uh, to, to lead their iOS stuff and build their iOS team. And they were building uh, sales tools. And so I did that, the iOS side of that, built that up for about a year and a half. But then after that, because I was interested in doing like product-related things, like full-time, I actually transitioned to running product and then hiring and managing three designers. Mm-hmm. So for a year, I was doing product and design management uh, at this at the startup, and then left uh, after a year. So you so didn't kinda, you didn't like doing that? So it was no, I, I did, mm-hmm. um, but I I took my hands off code, right? So like, well, I at the end of that, it's like, am I really an iOS developer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I, I could be. What do I do with my hands? Yeah, what do I yeah. do with my hands? Ah. Um, I can relate so much to everything <laughs> you're saying. Um, I I really did enjoy it, um, and actually, you know, thinking about some of my experiences there, particularly around trying to manage three designers, 
with what we're doing at Abstract, I was incredibly frustrated because I couldn't answer simple questions. Hmm. Like, what are you working on? Yeah. What did you do yesterday? What, I, can I see it? Which file should I look in, right? Like, incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so that definitely informs some of the stuff that we're doing with Abstract is my experience there. I mean, solving your own problems. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the the connecting to all the, I mean, actually going through this is kind of weird because it sounds like I'm just like all over the place, right, with what I've done. Um, but I think... But that's interesting to me is I someone that is all over the place and yeah. tries these different things, yeah, figures yeah, yeah. out where the edges are. Well, and I think that underlining all that for me is like just... I don't have an allegiance to a technology. Ah, like go. technology and software, coding, even design, right? Like it's all sort of like means to this like end, yeah. right? Like creating products and software to like do stuff, right? And so I've always, throughout my entire career, if I, if I had to draw a le- like a thread through all of it, it's finding the the way to solve the problem sort of regardless of like how I do it, right? Like what technology Regardless of the hot new technology or hotness or framework. It sounds like some of it was just like exciting stuff to you, like the iPhone app specific. Like, yeah. It sounds like you were just excited about that thing. It wasn't necessarily like, we obviously have to do this to solve the problem. Yeah. there And there's that too, right? Like just a, an excitement about new stuff and seeing where that, where that goes. Following a thread. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Like you never, where it's, you never know where it's going to go. So what's the most exciting thing to you today as you look at the the technical landscape, the design landscape, product? Like, What's really exciting to you? You know, we've talked about Electron apps, maybe something there. I think the, ex- the most exciting thing to me is some of the stuff that's starting to happen around React. But not React specifically, but like React as this, this idea that developers and designers are both converging on, which is having these component systems that we use um, to build our UI, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember when React came out, when I was still doing iOS development, and I got really excited about it. Not because I wanted to go do JavaScript necessarily, but because it's a really great way to build UI. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the fact that both designers and developers are interested in it is supports the notion that it is a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good technology. So, you know, some of the stuff that people are doing, connecting Sketch to React and React to Sketch. John is, Gold. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I think it's gonna, there's going to be some really interesting stuff that comes out of that. Uh, some practical advice. Not should designers code, but for designers who do want to get into this space and do the things you're talking about doing, do you recommend going all in on JavaScript or do you still believe that the, the tech itself doesn't matter and it's the concept? They should build a native Mac app, obviously. Like I think of React Native and and uh, what's going on with Electron and the web. It's like, you can is build it insane so many to not learn JavaScript now? Well, and so... That's a risky question. <laughs> You're gonna get so much like hate on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you become so powerful if you learn it, regardless of what you think of the language. Yeah, Your skill set multiplies by a lot. Uh, yeah, right. huge multiple, right? Um, 
I don't exactly know how to answer that question. I mean, I think, I think if you're interested, again, right? Like, if you're interested in it, you should totally do it because what you're but saying. But what if they're not interested in it and they're <laughs> not a good designer? Is this a way to be a good wait, wait, designer? Wow. <laughs> did, did, did you just say that? This is so many independences. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if I buy the, if you're not interested in it, don't do it argument. Like I don't know that I totally grasp onto. I'm only that interested being a in playing excuse. Zelda from now on. Yeah, How do you like, feel about this? The, like at some point, there's a line that you cross. It's like it's kind of hard work, but you need to do it to be good at your job, right? Yeah, but I think inter- I'm not saying it's JavaScript. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think in general, though, like that's those pressures, like in anything like product development, right? Like you'll have like early adopters of stuff and then sort of goes through these phases and eventually you have like the super late adopters that kind of like wait with their arms crossed just to make sure. And it's kind of like that, right? Like if if this is the way that being a designer goes, eventually the people that hold out now because they're not interested or whatever, if they want to still be a designer, they will adopt it, right? They're, They're the people like going with their arms crossed going, I don't know if this is a thing or not. I'm I mean, just going to wait. Look at the people who still use like Photoshop for basic UI stuff. Yeah. That works. Lots of people. Yeah, lots. Uh, tell me a little bit. So you at this point, you've worked across lots of teams and products and you work with lots of designers and now you have built an awesome team of two designer background people. That abstract? <laughs> <laughs> what do I even call it? Uh, should I throw shade on my co-founder? <laughs> Obviously. <Can we? laughs> Just give him crap about being, you know, because he's the CEO. Yeah. So that means he can't be a designer anymore. Oh, hey, man, <laughs> those are fighting words. You stop that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All day long. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have, yeah, two really great designers on our team. I mean, given your experience, what what does that mean to be a great designer? Like, what is it about these people that makes them great? Whether it's great to work with or their output, or dad something buns. else. Oh, yeah, man. Dad. I should I should preface that. That's what dad, dad, that's what that's man, what Tim calls his man bun. Is a dad bun. His dad, dad bun. bun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely preface that. <laughs> Just dad buns. That's a really good question. Um, I think a few things come to mind though, like. Really great designers, um, in some ways, are, are like really great engineers that I've known. Um, there's there's an obvious like skill component to it, particularly when you talk about visual design, right? Like, you look at some of the the designs that that Tim comes out with, and they're just visually excellent, right? There's a there's a skill component there, but they're also insatiably like curious about like how to build in this category UI interfaces to like help people do things right and but also really good at it um and i think both both the guys that i get to work with ha- have actually both those categories or both those ca- characteristics but um i think it's the curiosity the most so for those who don't know this is Josh Brewer and Tim Vendel oh sorry yeah. <laughs> um yeah, insane curiosity, but also like they care a lot about the user, right? Like I've I've worked with designers in the past that will think that their output of something visual, it might look great, but actually be a bad experience for an end user. Like 
might be difficult to use. It might actually look stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't, we're not just painting pictures, right? Um, what? So, I, I know. I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> Hang on, this is so, news. So Tim, for instance, uh, his curiosity and combined with wanting to make a really great experience for end users naturally leads him towards things like contributing to our React components, right? So he learns HTML, he learns CSS, he learns how to do React, he bugs the engineers to like run the application to like fix it and make it better. Yeah. Right, so... So given this, I I try to put myself in your shoes, but the design tools landscape is just on an insane ramp up right now. We're seeing a lot of stuff coming out. Curious what keeps you up at night, looking at the evolution of the space, running a startup, you got a family, technologies, what's on your mind? What keeps you up at night? Is that the question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. not much keeps me up at night. I sleep sleep all right. <laughs> Not uh, <laughs> too worried about anything, actually. We got this one in the pocket. So I'll tie my answer to just my experience. Um, I think the thing I think the most about, so there's a lot of great things happening in the design tool space, like tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. But honestly, none of that actually keeps me up at night or keep is, is what occupies my thoughts. What occupies my thoughts are around our users. And around building a stable system that's fast, that supports their needs and, you know, building, we have a lot of support and right now all of our engineers do support. Mm -hmm. Our support team is our engineers for Mm -hmm. the most part and Tim and Josh as well. But the stage of product that we are, like a lot of our support issues are, are problems, right? They're bugs, they're things that don't quite work right. Uh, And so engineers are, are all hands on like getting that fixed. And so I think a lot about that stuff. Um, And the reason that I don't think as much about like what's happening in the market relative to us is I'm pretty confident that like if we keep doing what we're doing and keep paying attention to our users and what they're saying and what they need, that at least right now where we are, like that'll kind of take care of, of what we're doing. You can get really bogged down, like paying attention to everything that's happening. Um, And we have ideas, obviously, about like how to interact and and integrate with what's happening. But um, I try not to stress out about that stuff too much because it seems less productive. You seem calm and you look well-rested for a startup co-founder. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm envious. I want to know. (laughs) <laughs> how <laughs> just teach me Brian how. just have a kid and hire a bunch of employees and yeah. like <laughs> yeah that'll make this a lot easier well what's what's interesting with that was kind of funny like having a kid does sort of it forces you to like pay more attention to how you're spending your time I think like it like I think about pre-kid times it's like easier to to tell your partner like oh I gotta do whatever right but I know, like, my son wants to see me. Yeah. Right? Like, so I have to be, like, more focused on, like, cutting stuff. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to go have a kid. (laughs) You go do that. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys in nine months. But I think it it is kind of, and I I don't want to, like, throw this out as any sort of solution, but I think for me what I've discovered is trying my best to not pay attention and put my energies into things that don't actually 
I don't want to say matter because that that's, feels too weighty, but like that aren't adding to what I'm trying to do in my life, right? Like uh, I'm trying to build a company. I'm trying to build a product that the users love. Uh, I'm trying to love my family and spend time with my kid, right? So like anything that doesn't necessarily contribute to that, I have to take a hard look at. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for taking some of that time to come and chat with us. I appreciate oh, it. Well, yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. You're welcome. That was 194. Thank you so much to Kevin for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming and joining us on Spectrum. Yeah. Talking with us. Come chat. We're on. About this episode. You can find us at spectrum.chat. It's a new product. It's a place for communities that Bryn, myself, and Max Stoiber are building. We might even be able to get Kevin in there. And then we can just. I know he's on Spectrum. We just got to get him into that one. It's not even that hard. Kevin, get at me. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Come chat, spectrum.chat. Hit us up on Twitter at Design Details FM. We'd love to hear your feedback. And until next week, we love you. Good night.